Preseason game one is in the books for the 49ers as they took down the Green Bay Packers 28-21 in the preseason opener last Friday night at Levi Stadium. On this episode of the 49er Way podcast, we will talk the first preseason game. We will talk about headlines, standouts, individual performances, and all that and much more. We'll also talk some injuries as the Niners are getting kind of hit with the injury bug right now. We'll talk about that as well. Who's down, when they're coming back, and all that and much more. And of course... We'll get to some more training camp stuff as well. So keep a lot. Stay tuned. A lot more preseason talk coming your way. And don't forget to give the 49 away a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more Niners news and analysis. Welcome back to the 49 away podcast. Faithful preseason game one is in the books. Niners played fairly well. Usually after the first preseason game, we kind of look back at it and there's usually a lot of mistakes. It's pretty rough, but this, I honestly might have been one of the best first preseason games I think I've seen by a Niners team in a while. So that was kind of nice to see, although it was majority of the backups playing, but I think that's what makes it more impressive. But Jay Soda, Zach Chevy, back at it. And of course, now we're trying to get into the preseason games now. It's so a training camp. You know, there's been a lot of injuries, which we'll get to that in a little bit, which has not been great. And usually when that happens, that's not a very good sign. But a lot to take away from this first preseason game. Chevy, what's going on, my guy? And uh, did you, uh, well, how much did you watch of this game on Friday? And then, of course, did you more more so did you watch the highlights or did you actually watch some of the game? Yeah, you know, I watched the majority of the highlights of this game. It is preseason, but but there is, you know, a lot to dissect from this. I think it was a good team game. You know, we ended up you know, having all of our quarterbacks play that I think will be on the roster this season with Lance, Sudfeld, and Purdy. And they all looked pretty solid. Like, the offense as a whole looked good. I think Shanahan, you can see some of uh, the scheming happening and what it's going to look like with Lance at quarterback. And, you know, we even got to see some plays from defense, some uh, rookies that stood out and, you know, see how the depth uh, looks this year. Oh, no question. I mean, starting with standouts from this game, I mean, we'll, we'll start off with Trey Lance in a minute. I mean, this dude, I mean, we didn't know what to expect, but obviously it's the first preseason game. So like, you're not supposed to take away a lot, but as well as we know the sports media and especially NFL media to be that if someone comes out in the first preseason game, I think the sky's falling, aka great example or sorry, exhibit a rather. 2019, when Jimmy Garoppolo comes back, first game from his torn ACL, has a zero passer rating, and everybody thinks the sky is falling. And when that, and what ends up happening? The Niners go 13 to three and go to the Super Bowl. So you can't really judge things that happen in the preseason. However, Trey Lance's first preseason debut as the starter officially, dude balled out. Four for five, 92 yards, and a touchdown. Dude look, dude looks solid, bro. Yeah, and a perfect passer rating, too, which is exactly what you want to see from Lance. I mean, again, I look at preseason stats with a grain of salt, and I look at more of uh, positioning, like who's out there with the ones, who's out there with the twos, uh, how does formations look, how is it looking. So there is a bit to take away from it. I think Lance looks great. You know, I I think all that rust – I love having a quarterback that can throw the deep ball, man. Like that, we got to start with that touchdown. That touchdown to Danny, no Gray question, was just electric, man. You know, when is the last time you'd see the quarterback in the Niners just throw a dot like that for a long touchdown? It's it's been a while, and it's really nice seeing Trey and his ability downfield. Honestly, I mean, I it's crazy that I even say that. I think the last 
person or last Niners quarterback that I saw do that was CJ Beathard, <laughs> to be honest, of all <laughs> quarterbacks, because CJ is not like he was known for a big arm and for being tough, but like he wasn't really that gunslinger. You know what I'm saying? That wasn't yeah. really CJ's thing. And then before that, the only other guy would, would probably be Cap, but and Cap would throw the ball down the field a lot, but I'd say Cap was definitely a little more of a gunslinger, but he was a hard, like he would throw hard. If that makes sense, right? Because mm-hmm. he's a former baseball player. So dude would just try to chuck it in there. And he was more like Jimmy in the sense where they would throw a lot down the middle and into coverage. But Trey, a lot of people have compared him to Josh Allen, and I see it. The more I watch Trey, the more I see it. And of course, again, this is one preseason game. Let's not get carried away here. And we'll see it throughout the regular season. But absolutely, that deep ball to Danny Gray was not only just beautiful in itself, but on top of that, it was just nice to see like you need that. And that's exactly to my point where I was talking about the media, where if a guy who's supposed to be the starter and is taking over for a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo, who was very accomplished in what he was able to do with the Niners, there's going to be some added pressure. It's like, okay, what, what do we know about Trey Lance? If he comes out and he doesn't play very good and he throws like two interceptions, then it's like, Oh, I don't know. And then everyone's worried about the Niners. Trey Lance comes out and does what he does. They're like, okay, this is a good first impression. And I think everybody kind of came away with that. And again, you don't want to get ahead of yourself in any way, shape, or form. But that was really encouraging. I can't even lie. Like, I'm so excited for week one after that performance. I was like, that, like, if Trey can be like this, and he's going to have his moments, no question. It happens. But if he plays like that majority of the time, the Niners are going to be really good this year. Oh, we're set. Oh yeah, like our offense, our our roster is top notch, one of the tops in the league. Like no question, you know your weapons. You have Debo, IU, Kittle, Juwan Jennings, uh, Danny Gray. Now looks like a weapon, and that's just uh, for passing. You look out of the backfield. Ray Ray McLeod even caught a touchdown. Yeah, Ray Ray McLeod was looking good in the uh, receiving game, although he his primary role will definitely be special teams. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, throw him out there for a couple plays. You look at the backfield, the backfield is loaded. Uh, one thing I did notice about the, the backfield is Trey Sermon played majority of his snaps with Trey Lance. We saw the Trey and Trey combo a lot out there, and that's usually a more of an indication of who's going to get that role with the ones uh, when the season starts. So I do think Trey Sermon, especially with Elijah Mitchell dealing with injuries, may be the guy they lean on a bit more, uh, especially because, you know, Lance could probably establish the outside. You have Sermon, who's probably better in the inside runs, him in TDP. So uh, I, I liked what I saw out of Trey Sermon, and I liked uh, his positioning. TDP did well, 10 rushes, uh, 36 yard, and then Jamichael Hasty looked bomb out there just you know gaining speed up the middle he he's been a consistent player for the Niners if you stick anyone in the Niners backfield with Shanahan and now the threat of Lance running on top of Debo and whoever else like watch out he's going to turn anyone into a star Shanahan it's it's going to be interesting man because you got obviously Elijah Mitchell's hurt that's number one not good and I don't think he plays this this entire preseason until week one if he's healthy Jeff Wilson, I don't know if he's dealing with something or if he was just a healthy scratch. More than likely, I think it was a healthy scratch because there were a ton of those. So Trey Simmer was next in line to get the start, right, as you mentioned. And then Hasty and, and uh, Ty Davis-Price played fairly well, too. It's, it's going to be interesting because I think one of those guys is probably going to get cut or gets onto the practice squad. But I can't imagine 
they stick a guy like Jermichael Hasty on a practice squad who this is a guy who was getting touches in the NFC Championship game last year. So I don't really know what they're going to do there. I have a feeling if they're, when I look at this roster, I'm like, it's, it's kind of hard to see where there would be a shocking cut, if you know what I'm saying. Like a, a lot yeah. of these depth guys, I'm like, I'm, I'm not really shocked if any of them got cut. But I feel like if there is one, it might just be at the running back position because it's it's tough. Right. If if anything, when I looked at it, I'm like, I think Jermichael Hasty was gonna be the guy to get cut. But then like you mentioned, dude still showed some burst in this first preseason game. So these next two games are gonna be big for these running backs, no question. Um, and then one more thing back to Trey Lance before we move on is one the deep ball, no question. And that's something I'm de- I think we're all looking forward to more because that's something that I know Kyle Shanahan wants to attack downfield, and he wasn't able to do that with Jimmy Garoppolo. And I know I've noticed a lot of people were tweeting that and saying that after the game on Friday night. Now, here's what I'll say about that is Jimmy did throw the ball downfield sometimes. The thing is, that just wasn't his his strong suit. You know what I'm saying? Jimmy was more short passes, you know, attack the middle of the field type thing, you know, and, and accuracy and get the ball out quick. Trey. Yeah, I saw I saw a tweet today for Jimmy that apparently the last couple seasons, uh, quarterbacks who have thrown thirty plus yards, their passer ratings, Jimmy's was a three point five, which is absolutely ridiculous. And, and you know, getting someone in there that is even slightly better with the playmakers we have on our offense, the the entire uh, setup of this offense is going to be different. You know, you have people, you have the real threat of a deep ball, and because of that. It's going to open up the middle. It's going to open up the outside for those big run games. And one thing I really love that we haven't seen is the Trey Lance run game. Yes, he had one carry for seven yards, which was more of a scramble. And it was beautiful. But, uh, so it was beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, and he slid and he did everything right that you wanted to see out of Lance. But they're not exposing the run game of Lance, which I love so much because you don't want your opponents going in, uh, especially at the start of the season, being like, oh, okay, so this is how they're going to utilize Trey in the run game. You want to keep that element of surprise, and I'm very excited to see it actually get unleashed uh, week one. That's a great call because we saw that obviously last year in week five against the Cardinals where Shanahan just ran Trey Lance down Arizona's throat, and that was disastrous because Trey got hurt after that. Trey Lance is now your quarterback, not just for this year, but you obviously the expectation is Trey Lance is going to be the 49ers quarterback for the next 10 years. We're playing an NFC championship for the next year. We're playing Super Bowls for the next 10 years. Having said that, you can't run him 15 times down yeah. someone's throat. What I loved about that is Trey needs to become a better pocket passer. That In that one play that you just described, the first thing that came to mind was like the way he was able to feel that defender behind him move up in the pocket and then run and use his legs and slide. That is where Trey Lance has a ridiculous advantage over a lot of other quarterbacks in this league. Like very few guys are able to do that. Josh Allen can do that. Mahomes can do that. Lamar can do that. Like very few guys can do that. Kyler could potentially do that. Kyler could do that, but Kyler has a tendency to like just run in the backfield type thing. Like he doesn't, you know what I'm saying? He doesn't, he won't use his legs to kind of pick up a few. Sometimes he will, but him and like Russell Wilson will have a bad tendency of like just running back and forth trying to make a play. But yeah. Trey is not afraid to like, I can go and pick up six, seven because he can do that. He did that at North Dakota State all damn day. You know what I'm saying? So now we're going to get to see that. But in that one play, I was so impressed. I was like, that's a 22 year old quarterback with that kind of pocket presence in his second year. Very impressed. 
But again, we'll see throughout the year. I'm sure he'll have his moments where he'll take his sacks. But if he can do that, that's it. like Jimmy could never. Jimmy would have. <laughs> Jimmy would have taken the sack. Or second of all, he wouldn't have slid either. Jimmy couldn't slide for shit. <laughs> so I, a lot of great things from Trey Lance. Period. And again, it's one preseason game, and we'll talk more. I don't think he's going to start against Minnesota. I think that's still to be determined. I think Shannon said he wanted to see how the joint practices go later this week with the Vikings to see, but. Shanahan did say before that it doesn't look likely that Trey starts against the Vikings on Sunday, but he will start against the Texans next Thursday night in the final preseason game. So we'll see with that. And then to round out the other quarterbacks, yeah, I was very impressed with Brock Purdy. Very impressed. I mean, for a guy who's the third stringer, obviously we don't expect a lot of people, the last pick in the NFL draft, really good stuff, honestly. Like, honestly, I definitely see practice squad for him for sure. And then Sudfeld, honestly, like I, I was expecting trash from him no offense but he comes out his first throw I almost felt like this dude was like on a mission this dude Ray Ray McLeod wide open first play touchdown I was like damn okay <laughs> I'll take that yeah it's preseason but I I fully agree with you like Nate Sudfeld looked pretty good out there as solid backup uh option yeah I was against probably like bench players and stuff like that but he he looked like he was able to command the field he was able to get his reads and uh he he dominated out there and purdy purdy also looked good for the couple of uh throws he was in there for but yeah for as you said for a mr irrelevant uh and probably a practice squad quarterback that's not a bad guy to be developing on the back burner to potentially be that uh backup one day no question. Pretty damn good uh, coaching debut for Brian Greasy. I'll tell you that much. Because his, oh, yeah. his room balled out in that first game. Uh, we can move uh, down the line here and going back to the ru- I mean, running backs, which we kind of already touched upon that. Like It's not like no one went off there, but Ty Davis-Brace had 10 carries. He went a lot. Sermon got the start. Jermichael Hasty went off there. So we already kind of touched upon that. Um, so let's just go right to, to the receivers. And I think let's start right with the, with the boy that you started with at the top of the episode. That's Danny Gray. This did like I knew we had a lot of high expectations, but that was some debut. Even though the dude only had two catches, but it was over a hundred yards and a touchdown. Like you pair that, like you just said a few minutes ago, you pair that with BA, Debo, and JJ, like and Kittle. That is some damn aerial attack with Trey Lance at quarterback. Like that is it's something else. Yeah, and you know, I don't think Danny Gray will necessarily win the third wide receiver job. Over no, he JJ. won't. Agreed. Uh, there, there's still a chance. Like I, again, you don't know how the rest of the preseason is going to go, but I think you know what we were lacking is that deep threat guy, that like four two speed guy. I I know Debo's really fast and I use really fast, and they're great yards after catch, but we don't have that burner to go downfield. And honestly, we didn't really have that threat with Jimmy G. So now that you have Trey and you have that threat of downfield, I think Danny Gray just opens up the offense so much with his uh, route running and his speed advantage. And I, I think it's going to cause some teams to panic and maybe they're going to sit with uh, two safeties out there uh, and leave the middle wide open for either Trey to uh, exploit with a Debo slant or an IU slant to get yards after catch. Or maybe the hole's open for him to scramble and pick up six to seven yards, as you said. If he can do that consistently when he's in trouble, pick up those five, six yards when it should be a negative uh, loss uh, of a down in, in yardage, that's how we're going to win the games. And you can totally see that, which is why it was great when we drafted Danny Gray in the third round, and it's proven so far with uh, what we've seen he can do. Oh, yeah, no question. Like, it was a, it's a great first impression. 
right by yeah. him. And I agree with you. Like from what JJ did last year, he absolutely deserves it's his wide receiver three spot to lose. But that doesn't mean Danny Gray's not going to get some run in there. Like no question, especially exactly, yeah. especially like you said on a third down or even like a first down. Like whatever Shanahan wants to call, he's going to utilize his guys. And this might be this might be a little. It, it is it's not a little. It is way too early to even say this, but this is probably one of the best offensive talent that Kyle Shanahan has had to work with in a long time. Really, and by the last time I can say you can probably pinpoint that maybe Atlanta in 2016 was where there were this yeah. much offensive talent on one squad because that offense went nuts. This offense has so much potential. It's hard to say that yet because obviously Matt Ryan was a seasoned veteran in that season and obviously went on to win MVP. Trey Lance, this is his first ever season. So obviously it's hard to, even though a lot of people are putting him in that MVP conversation for I don't know what reason, one day he'll get there. But in his first season, it's a lot to put there. But when you look at the talent, the, the these the amount of wide receivers that they have right now, there's are four capable dudes right there that can make plays and they're young. That's the other thing that I put like Debo's in what was a year four for him. Like he's still like yeah. he's in his prime now. Like he's entering his prime. BA's just getting started. JJ's just getting started. This is only like what his second season and the Danny Gray's a rookie. Youth, man. This team is young. Like, very young. It's crazy. It's actually crazy to even say that, considering this is year six of the Kyle Shanahan era, but yet this team is so young and so talented. If you can get Shanahan weapons, he will turn them into stars. It's just been a proven thing. He is probably one of the best coaches at developing young playmakers. And you've seen that with Debo. You've seen that with IU. You've seen that with Absolutely. And And the... Like the the sky's the limit for Danny Gray. If he can figure it out, if he can get on Shanahan's good side, because one thing we've seen so often with Shanahan is he'll put guys in the doghouse uh, that you wouldn't expect to be in the doghouse. So if if he can stay on uh, Shanahan's good side, if he can show like his, he can catch the ball and use his speed to an advantage, I think he's going to be a big part of our offense for a while. But yeah, I, again, it. You, you see with, like, fifth-round picks like George Kittle, second-round picks like Debo Samuel, like, we're able to find guys in the draft, and Shanahan's able to turn them into stars. I'm really not worried about our offense at all, uh, other than, obviously, the quarterback, Trey Lance, because, you know, as a rookie, or technically his rookie season, yes, he was a rookie last year, but technically his first season in the NFL, he's going to have hiccups. So we need our playmakers to step up and, uh, you know, help him out. Absolutely. No question. And it's funny. I don't know if you saw um, on the herd. I think it was either yesterday or the day before Colin Coward mm-hmm. just went on a whole tangent about exactly what you just said of how Kyle Shanahan turns young talent into stars. And he does that consistently. And you look at this at this offense, man, like it's it's absolutely loaded. And he's never had a guy like Trey Lance at the quarterback position with so much upside. Which, which builds the intrigue from even last season, right when we drafted him, saying, "Look at the upside of this offense." Now's the time when we're going to see that. So that I mean, that, that's kind of it from the offensive side of things. Again, not a ton to take away yeah. in preseason, but it was good. Like again, out of, for anyone, especially in the receiving game, to have a big night, it's the two guys that are new to the team, right? Danny Gray as a rookie, and then Ray Ray McLeod, one of the big signings for us in the offseason go out, they have a big night. So I think that's very encouraging to see. So offense looked great. 
So I think that's something to look for there. And then, then defensively, this team looked good defensively too. I mean, we just, I mean, we had three turnovers and considering pretty much like 95% of our starting lineup didn't even play. I think that's pretty impressive because what it shows is our depth is looking really good. So much so we're trying to figure out who in the hell is playing nickel because we talked about this on our last episode too. Whoever's filling in that nickel corner, like you got big shoes to fill because Kwan Williams, one of the best nickel corners in football. So you're, you got to come in here and you got to like, you know what I'm saying? You got big shoes to fill. Yeah. Samuel Womack, this dude can ball. Like I was so, like, it was one thing where I'm like, I'm impressed, but the way like intercept, like it's crazy because Chevy, you can, you can agree with me here. When, when like, when we watch Kwan Williams, this dude's aggressive as hell. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like whether it's a blitz or it's him in coverage, like Kwan Williams is always in someone's face, which is what made him such a good nickel corner. Samuel Womack did exactly that. He's aggressive. He's ripping balls away from receivers. He's in receivers' faces. That was an incredibly impressive performance. So much so, Dequist Denard got released two days later. Yeah, I was about to say, like, the one name I had circled on this list to talk about in the defense, especially the secondary, was Womack. He had an outstanding game in coverage. And as you said, like, it's so tough to replace uh, Kwan Williams' nickel because we know how great he was for this team the last couple seasons. But, you know, I would love to give the rookie Womack a chance as a starter in the nickel because of how well he's playing. Yes, it's only one game, but you can clearly see the confidence in the Niners coaching system in Samuel Womack. Uh, because, as you said, they got rid of Denard right away. And he's clearly moving up the the roster, the depth chart. But, yeah, honestly, like, compared to last year, I am very pleased with the depth we had in the secondary. That That is something that was, you know, really in oh, yeah. our minds, especially going into the offseason, saying we need a depth, we need a depth, we need a cornerback one. Charver- insert Charvarius Ward. There you go. You have your cornerback one. Now you have... Uh, Mosley and Verrett fighting for that cornerback two position, which is exactly what you want. You got depth there. And we've dealt with so many injuries in the secondary that now you got Ambry Thomas Mm -hmm. and Yamanor Lenore Mm -hmm. uh, out there, you know, as the backups to the backups potentially as well, which is just, it, it shows to the depth. It shows that we were willing to, you know, spend capital to upgrade the secondary and it's gonna prove out. Oh yeah, no question. No question. And Dante Johnson's another name in there too. Dante's been with oh, us yeah. forever. So mm-hmm. the depth is there. And I and that's huge. No quite like that's something that you can't even that's something that like that that has went under the radar this offseason, but it's been huge. The Niners didn't go crazy with getting upgrades on our team because we're already so damn talented. But depth, they went out, they got the depth they needed and like you said, it showed huge. And and when you look at some of the injuries that we have right now, it's really important because it looks like we're going to be just, we're going to be down some starters come week one, right? Elijah Mitchell's down. He's, I'd say right now, he's questionable for week one. Traverius Ward's down, although he looks like he's ready to go week one. We won't know until a few weeks from now. Same with Emmanuel Mosley. So we're down corner one and two. But like you said, Worst comes to worst, if either of those two can't go, you got Amber Thomas right there. Jason Red's still on the pup list, so I actually don't know when he would come back and yeah, wear his sure. role. That's the only thing where I'm kind of in question. I forgot about that. Like, obviously, when we re-signed him, I was like, oh, we're bringing back JV back. But I didn't realize 
he's still on the pup list. And it's like, oh, well, this would normally be the time where he comes in and he can compete for a role, but he's not able to do that. So when JV comes back, I just don't really know where they put him in. But I trust D'Amico Ryans as to where, if he has a plan to insert him in the defense, then kind of put him in that way. But I just don't know where he would be put. Yeah, you know, I, I think uh, I think there's a chance. I, I've seen that, like, maybe he'll be ready for the start of the season, although that's pretty, like, unrealistic. Uh, but no matter where he is slots in, like, they, the Niners defense loves to use rotation, especially mm-hmm. on the defensive line, but it never hurts to use rotation elsewhere to keep people healthy. And having that option with Verrett, you know, putting taking Ward out for a play or Mosley out for a play or Thomas out for a play. Like, you have that option with the depth. And especially where the depth is already being tested, Jimmy Ward is probably going to miss uh, the yep. first week of the season yep. with Looking a like bad it. hamstring injury. Uh, it looks like Huff has already kind of won that uh, starting safety role across from Ward. So now it looks like it's going to be a battle between George Odom and Charvarius Moore for that uh, safety position next to Huff. So, um, you know, again, that attests to our depth, uh, bringing in George Odom this yeah, year. Yeah, that was big. Knew it, was, it was big, especially since we knew we were getting rid of uh, uh Kowalski yep. and that uh, we kind of had to replace that role. We didn't necessarily want to spend that money or that, uh, you know, time with Kowalski because he's often injured. So you're going out to get someone that you're hopefully can rely on a bit more in George Odom. And uh, I think he right now he may have the outside edge to winning that job over Charvarius Moore. But we've seen Charvarius Moore uh, ball in the past for us and it really helped us out. So I wouldn't count him out yet. That's a that's a great call about the George Odom one because, like you said, when we first signed him, I'm not even gonna lie, I was like, who the hell is George Odom? Um, but I do realize he was also a big part with the Colts, so I knew that he was a veteran bringing him in. But now, now that signing looks amazing considering what happened to Jimmy Ward this week. So now he comes in, and then you got Tarvarius Moore, who I know the Niners love. So really, it's a win-win situation here. You got a a good veteran in Odom, or you got Tarvarius Moore, who the Niners really like and who was literally playing safety for us in the Super Bowl against Kansas City a few years ago. So the depth there is great too. Not only a corner, but an, at safety as well. That's huge. Like you just said, our secondary has has not been good in I don't know how long. This might be the best all-around secondary we've had in a long time. Because when you got a healthy Charvarius Ward, a healthy Emmanuel Mosley, a healthy Jimmy Ward, and a healthy Talanoa Hofanga, those are a, those are four good physical football players right there. Like, I like the way that that lines up, but obviously three three of those four guys are currently are injured at the moment. So we'll have to see who actually suits up week one against Chicago, and then we'll, and we'll go from there. But, it, I mean, I'd rather, have, I'd rather have some of these dudes miss week one against Chicago than, you know, week 14 against yeah. Tampa Bay. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But watch, Jimmy Ward, Jimmy Ward will be back by week four against the Rams. Watch, he, he, there's no way he's missing that game. That's his game. But we'll see what happens there. Um, with that injury too, but that's a good call. Huff, Huff's another guy that looked good on Friday night. You said a one oh, hit, yeah. like I know as a penalty, Huff's got to learn better, like to not go head to head because he's gonna get called all day and night with that. So he's got to watch that. But dude's such a physical player. I'm like, this dude, look good, man. Look good. He's a ball hawk, man. He's all over the ball there, and that's exactly what you want out of the safety position. You know, it really helped last year him learning from Ward and Kwaski. Uh, and I think he's really stepping into his own. A lot of people said, watch out for this kid. 
starting last year, and I think he's finally taking that position. He looked he looked amazing in preseason. Yes, it's all it's only preseason, but you know it's a good indication to see uh, you know what it's going to be like with him out there in the secondary. So I I really do think our secondary is much improved from last year, and obviously that's our biggest weakness and the biggest question mark going into the season. Uh, you know our linebackers our linebackers are set. Oh yeah, Paul, Warner, uh, Aziz, and, and even uh, McCray Ball looked really good actually. Uh, yeah, in in their uh, in coverage. Oren uh, Burks he, as he well. Had an interception. Yeah, Oren Bur- Burks looked good. I know he had a massive role uh, for Green Bay on their special teams mm-hmm. last year, and it's going to be a special teams fit for us. That was something that we also needed that we address in the offseason, help in special teams, because that was Agreed. Uh, not yeah, not a great uh, experience last year. So we addressed that. We addressed our depth in sec- and we addressed our secondary, our depth, and our special teams, which is what we needed going into the offseason. You can see the improvements even in game one of the preseason. Uh, quickly, I just wanted to touch out. I know we uh, glossed or we skipped over uh, the offensive line. I was just one about to name, say that. Yeah, yeah, one big name that I want to mention, Spencer Burford, looked unreal at right guard. Aaron Banks uh, too, man. Yeah, Aaron Banks looked good at left guard. He looked different than last year. Agreed. He looked, you know, more fit for his role rather than uh, mm-hmm. how he came into camp last year. So those are two big holes that we needed to fit, especially uh, the left guard. So, you know, I, I'm really impressed with how it turned out. And I think if they can stay healthy and, you know, develop a bit more, it's it's going to be all right. Because that was one of my biggest concerns coming into camp. Spencer Burford's a, a pleasant surprise. Like, I didn't, yeah. I, I didn't, I thought of nothing of him more than, you know, a backup guard or tackle. With him. You know, this is some depth, maybe a practice squad guy. For him to come in in Kyle Shanahan's offense year one, and get all of the reps with the ones is very impressive. Like Aaron Banks couldn't do that last year. Like we were waiting for him to, you know, jump up, take over for Brunskill, and that never happened. So the fact that Spencer Burford came in, like that just tells you a lot about how well he's been this offseason, this training camp, and how impressed they are with him. And that's And that's huge for us because we needed that. You know what I'm saying? Losing Lake and Tomlinson was huge, right? Brunskill's going to yeah. slide over to center, but like if, if he ends up beating, if Burford ends up beating, because like if Brendel ends up beating out Brunskill, which obviously I, I feel like this could just be my only thought, but again, we'll see when Brunskill gets healthy, which I don't even know if he's going to play a preseason snap or not. Brendel ends up winning the center job, but I thought Jake Brendel only started at center because Brunskill was hurt, but I could be wrong with that. So the fact with that, and then you have Burford and Banks of the guards, those are three entirely new, young, inexperienced guys. Well, Brendel's a veteran, although, but he still hasn't had many reps. Having Burford and Banks there playing as good as they are is huge. Huge, huge, huge for this team. Mind you, they're protecting 22-year-old Trey Lance. So it's huge. And then you got your 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 tackles set in stone there, right? You got Big Trent at, at left tackle. McGlinchey, I know, is a little banged up right now. That's kind of fair because he's coming off an injury, and then he kind of tweaked up his knee again, which is not good. If I'm being honest, I wouldn't see him until week one against Chicago. I would just ignore that, let him rest up. There's no point in pushing him anymore, and then see how he comes. But I think they wanted to get Mike out there just to get some reps and get back into things considering he was out for the last nine weeks of the season last year. Yeah, I doubt we'll see him in that third-week preseason game, which I know they want to throw 
Trey out there for a little bit and some of the starters out there for a little bit. But I, I doubt we'll see players that, you know, are kind of resting and nursing an injury. I think they're going to save them for week one. Uh, Absolutely. Sure get healthy, especially a guy like Mike, who's been around for four or five seasons. Uh, he, he doesn't need that necessarily preseason experience. He knows what he's getting into. Uh, Shanahan knows him. He knows the system. So I, I'm not too worried about McGlinchey as long as they can keep him healthy. Oh, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And then rolling back to the defense as well, some guys that balled out on the D-line. Um, Drake Jackson looked good before he got hurt. Your boy, Kerry yep. Hyder, looked great. So that's already good news. Um, Jordan Willis, who and mind you, all these guys that I'm naming are not even our starters. They're all depth rotational players, and they all looked good. This defensive line is going to eat. This whole defense is going to eat. We just talked about our secondary. That's just our D-line, and then you said our linebackers, which, if I'm being honest, I am mentally prepping that this is our last season with Aziz, Dre, and Fred. Because I just don't see how we're able to keep Dre and Aziz. Fred's locked up. We already know that. He's the leader of this defense. But Dre and Aziz, I don't, like, one of them, both of them are going to want to get paid at some point. We've been able to retain them for this point. We got to enjoy having these three together this season because they're all three are dogs. And when they're healthy, because Dre was not healthy for majority of last season, Luckily, we got all three out there in the playoffs. I know Aziz was hurting. I know Dre was hurt. Even Fred was bad. All three of them were banged up, and they all still balled out in the playoffs for us, which was huge. But if we can keep those three on the field for as long as possible this season, this defense is going to eat top five defense in the league 100%. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think the linebackers are definitely our biggest strength, which is crazy considering how much depth we have on the defensive line. But our linebacker, like Fred is one of the best middle linebackers in the game. Easy. Dre and Aziz have both shown, Aziz showed last year with a breakout year, how good he can be. We've consistently found talent uh, through the draft uh, for our linebacker position. So I'm not too worried about the linebacker position. Uh, and the defensive line, as you said, you were naming guys who popped off. And those are all second or third guys in our uh, rotation on the defensive line. And the one thing that the Niners and Chris Kacarek are like specifically known for is the rotation, rotation. On the defensive mm-hmm. line. And how that helps keep players fresh and helps bring a new perspective and to attack the quarterback. So, you know, looking at the Niners guys, there's about like nine guys that I think you can put out on the defensive line in some sort of formation that will really impact the season. You've got Bosa, Armstead, Kinlaw, Ebucam, Drake Jackson, Charles Amenehue, Son Regway. Uh, Kevin Givens, Kerry Hyder, Jordan Willis, all of those guys I feel you're comfortable with throwing out there for a couple plays here and there. And that just gives you so much depth before injuries. Oh, yeah, no question. No question. And yeah, I was even just looking at depth right now, even at linebacker, having Oren Burks and Flanagan Foles as our backups. I am content with that. Obviously, I don't want to see them unless it's special teams, but like, Obviously, we like I just talked about Dre, Aziz, and Fred have a te- mainly Dre to be honest. Up to three of them have a tendency of being injury pr- injury prone. Having Flanagan, Foles, and Burks there as backups is good. I look at the, the depth all around on this defense, very good for the first time in a long time. So when I look at this team as a whole, you got depth, man, and that's and that's huge because guys are gonna get banged up. It's an 18-week season, 17 games, trying to get to the playoffs deep in January, and as we saw last year. Guys were really banged up in January, like really banged up. Debo was banged up in all different kinds of places. So was Jimmy. So was Trent. Like it, 
Fred, Dre, is it like the list goes on? Everybody was hurting. So knowing that we have this kind of depth is huge, but a, a lot to look for. And then speaking of obviously guys being banged up before we kind of wrap this up here in terms of injuries. So we talked about Traverius Ward and E-Man both down. Brunskill's currently down. Elijah Mitchell is down. And then Jimmy Ward's the big one that just came out yesterday with a the worst hamstring strain of them all. Considering it's funny enough, every single one of the guys that I just named, all hamstring injuries. Every single one, all five dudes, hamstring injuries. I don't know what the hell is going on. I don't know what's in the air. But usually when that happens, it, that kind of worries me when there's when there's a whole like slew of injuries like that, especially when it's a one particular injury. But we'll see what happens there. But again, I think Jimmy Ward, it won't take him too long. But I think at this point, it's kind of fair to expect him to miss week one for sure. And then we'll see how September kind of goes. It really, really depends on how fast this hamstring injury heals. Yeah, prepare for the worst and hope for the best and don't push it. We don't Absolutely. need him out there week one. We don't no. need him out there week two. If it takes him two to three weeks to get healthy, uh, fully healthy and prepare for the rest of the season, by all means, take that time. You know, it's a 16-game season. It's not a two-game season. So get him healthy. Get him ready for the full season. And, uh, yeah, I think we have the – it's proven that we have the depth to kind of manage – while we deal with the injuries, which every team deals with injuries. I know we're going to deal with injuries. And that is why it was so important to add the depth that we did. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then also going back to the offensive line too, like Jason Poe played really well. Mm-hmm. Um, some of these other backups, Justin School got some got some run. Jalen Moore got some run. Colton McKivitz got some run. Actually, he started at left tackle, actually. So it looks like McKivitz. To be honest, McKivitz kind of earned that. I'm not even going to lie. After how he totally. played last year in that, way stepping up without Trent in that week 18 game against the Rams he 100% deserves to be like that starter over Justin School and him and Justin School will go back and forth because technically that was School's position to be the backup swing tackle um, if anything were to happen to Mike or um, Trent and now School was gone for the year last year so McKivitz ended up being the backup there because Compton ended up coming in and, and taking over for McGlinchey. So now McKivitz is that guy in the swing tackle. I think he absolutely deserved that 100%. So depth is great. I think that, that's the biggest takeaway from this first preseason game is our depth looks really impressive. Yeah, exactly. And as we said, injuries are going to happen. They always happen. And it's good that we were able to add to the depth. Uh, even I saw they signed Willie Sneed to a little Yeah, a good call. Good call. Yeah, again, like, who knows if he'll ever see the field as a Niner, but Willie Sneed's, you know, a good fifth, sixth uh, wide receiver to throw out there for a player or two if you need something or if you have badly injured players. So, again, that is the story of preseason one, week one. And uh, hopefully, uh, you know, we, we can lay off the injuries and uh, we'll go in with fully healthy guys. No, oh, yeah, absolutely. Tyler Croft is another one, backup tight end as well. Yeah, a lot Tanner of great. Hudson looked good. Yeah, exactly. Right. A lot of great, a lot of great depth pieces. No questions. So the Niners will get now. There'll definitely be something to talk about next week because Thursday, Friday, the Niners will have a joint practice with the Vikings. So that'll be interesting to see how that goes. And I'm looking forward to see how Trey Lance does against the Vikings. The Vikings have a good defense. Like we talked about this before. The Vikings have a good defense. So it'll be good to see how the how Trey ends up going against them. Obviously, that's not going to. Like he'll actually be going up against the starters. If he plays in the preseason game, it won't be the starters. So that'll be a really good experience for Trey. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how he performs in those joint practices later this week. 
Um, and then the preseason game will go Saturday night in Minnesota, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Although it doesn't seem like a lot of the starters are going to play in this one, so don't yeah, think no. don't they, think they'll they be said, a lot. They've already mentioned that trade's not starting. And yeah, the majority exactly. Of the starters aren't playing. Exactly. But yeah, in practice, it will be interesting to see who they throw out there, what they throw out there. Yep. But um, yeah, I don't expect much from the game other than getting another uh, more in-depth look at the depth we have on the team. Exactly. And see who pops off, right? Like if, yep. if someone goes out there and has a big night, right? that's definitely going to be something that, um, that we're going to talk about next week, no question. But we'll see how that goes. Niners-Vikings week two, and then a short turnaround after that. Week three will be next Thursday night. Um, debuting Amazon Prime first Thursday night football game will be obviously the preseason game between the Niners and the Texans before their first game in September week two Chiefs Chargers so that'll be kind of good get some national television love before the regular season starts so let's see what happens man it was a great first pre I'm telling you I haven't seen I think the Niners overall they had six penalties last I think it was either last year or the year before that they had like 14 15 penalties in their first preseason game it was an absolute mess this was one of the better first preseason games that I've seen by a Niners team. It was encouraging, but we'll see what happens come week one. Chevy, final thoughts. Final thoughts. And I think, you know, it was a good week one. It was nice seeing Trey out there and, you know, let's continue to look at the depth, pray for no more injuries. Yeah, no question. I think think Shanahan would want that more than anything to get, to have less injuries for this team. I think we definitely don't need it. As only three weeks to go till the Niners open up at Soldier Field in Chicago cannot wait to get that started so that'll do it in this week's episode of the 49 away podcast we will chat next week and we will recap the Niners Vikings week two preseason matchup and see if there's anything much to even talk about there we'll probably have a lot more to talk about from the joint practices later this week and of course don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more Niners news and analysis Thank you for listening to another episode of the 49 Away Podcast. We got a lot more Niners content coming your way, so make sure to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more 49ers news and analysis.